Welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and this episode is brought to you by the Gamage Consulting Group. We help middle school principals support student behavior. Working with me is a five-step process that starts with setting the expectations, how we're going to measure success, and we end with the process for implementing consistent classroom support. If you're interested in receiving support like this, you can visit TreyGamers.com slash shop to set up a time to have a conversation. Now, joining me today, I have Mr. Robert Breyer, who has a plethora of things going on, including your own podcast uh, focused on STEM in Moore County, North Carolina. You're coaching assistant principals to become principals themselves. And you just mentioned something really interesting um, about education. And you talked about the trickle down effect. Uh, first off, Mr. Breyer, welcome to the show. And can you tell me a little bit about um, this trickle down effect that you were just referring to? Absolutely, Trey. And hey, I appreciate you having me on your show and I'm excited to be here. Um, so for me, I believe, you know, principals, I didn't realize how much impact before I became a principal, like how much impact they had on the effectiveness of our schools and how vital they were to creating a culture that allowed me when I was a teacher to be so successful. So for me, um, when I came here, part of my philosophy was creating what I call the trickle down effect in education, which means that I need to come to school every day and be as passionate Mm. and supportive and as excited as I was on day one when I got here. And I have to go and bring that every day. It can't be just an every now and again thing. Like I want my staff to know that I'm here and that I'm excited about the work they're doing and I'm here to support them and make sure they're successful each and every day. Because when they feel that way, they're coming into school and they're excited to get here. They're willing to take the time to go and plan lessons that are engaging and exciting for our students. And because of that, they're going to set the tone for our kids and allow them to achieve at higher levels than they ever had before. Um, this is my third year at our school. And when I got here, we were what they considered a low performing school. Um, we had a D rating from the state. And when you looked at our data, we were, we were showing very low growth. And over the past three years, um, our data came out this year, we were missed a B rating for a school by a couple points. And our growth has gone and almost doubled in the past three years. So we are just um, excited about the work we're doing. And the, the staff I have is phenomenal. And I couldn't ask for better people to work with. And they have bought into the vision. And they are just, every day we come to school, they are rocking and rolling. They're here on weekends getting stuff planned and getting stuff set up for the work we're doing. Yeah. And I couldn't ask for better people. And I think that's just because they needed a change of attitude. They needed a change of mindset and understand that, hey, you guys are professionals. I trust you to do the work that you need to do. And they feel entitled that they can go out and they can try new things. And they know that whether they're successful or they fail, I got their back. And yeah. I think that's what we need to do. And that's part of that whole trick that effect. I love that so much. I feel like we're finally getting to a place in education, and maybe it's me, I'm still relatively new to the industry, um, but I feel like we're finally getting to a place where it's okay to be innovative in education, where we can we can actually talk about things that have been swept under the rug, and you, you see it so clear and so obvious when you walk into a school, if the teachers aren't happy, all you have to do is look up that leadership line. And so to, to, to have the mindset to start from the top 
every day, if your principal is happy, that's going to trickle down. When the, when the teachers walk in the door and they see your face smiling, that really makes a difference for your teachers and then does that same thing for the kids. Um, so we, we're always like a mirror of ourselves of, of each different level. So I love that idea. And that's what led me to develop uh, the website Beyond the Desk Leadership because that's the whole idea. Like, as a leader, we need to get past the title. We need to get past the nice shiny desk, the, the, the big office, and understand that we're here to serve our teachers because our teachers are the ones who are going to directly impact and decide whether our students are going to be successful or not because they have to go and know that, like, hey, they have the support they need to do the work they need to do to help our students achieve a new level. So we got to get out. We have to be in classrooms. We have to be there as a support, yeah. you know, um, it's important for us to be out there every morning to see the kids as they're coming in to greet them, to talk mm -hmm. to them because it's our job to set that tone. Yeah. And one of my big initiatives when I started here was I want to make sure every kid here knows that they're loved. Mm -hmm. And Hamish Brewer, he's the tattoo principal up in Virginia. But I love what he said is like when some kids come to school, it might be the only time of the day that they hear that somebody loves them. Yeah. And I took that to heart. And so every morning when I get on the announcements, I start my day off. We do our morning announcements, but, Every day it ends with, hey, Cameron Elementary, I want you to remember that I love you and I hope you have a great day. Mm. And every door in our building, so when our kids leave and you look at any door in our school, it says right on there, you are loved. So when they go home, they know that when they're at Cameron Elementary, somebody there loves them. And that's so important for me. And I think that has led to a lot of our success in our school. Yeah. That, that's that's great. I, I think that's great. Um, just with the practices, can you give me a couple of examples of, um, and you've already kind of mentioned a couple of, of announcements, um, of things on the door. How do, you, how do you help that trickle down, go into the classroom, and what effects do you see on your students because of that trickle down effect? I'm present within our school. Um, kids see me in the hallways, like giving high fives. Um, I offer kids hugs. Like, you got to be personable with them. They, they have to know that you're, you know, a lot of people look at the principal as a disciplinarian, and that's not our role. Our job is there to be supportive. So when every time I walk into a classroom, um, teachers, you know, they just kind of continue teaching. There's not that, they don't stop and like, do you need something from me? No, it's, they right. just keep going and they do their thing. Um, and every time when I leave their classroom, I tell them what a great job they're doing, and I say, do you need me to do anything? Do you need anything, anything I can do to support you today? Yeah. And just letting them know and just hear those words that like, hey, he, you know, he, he's here for us. He's going to help support in any way. There's times that somebody's going to say, hey, would you mind working with this child real quick? Because they need a little bit of extra help here while I'm working with this group. Mm -hmm. Being willing to take time to invest in them and in their students really kind of lets them know like, hey, I'm here for you. Right. Um, when I got here, we were trying to establish a culture of reading. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the things that I did was every month we were trying to reach a goal of 10 million words. And so every month I would do some crazy act where the kids could earn, if they read so many words, they could actually go and somehow abuse me. So um, I've been pied in the face. I've had slime dumped on me. Um, I've been saran wrapped to a telephone pole, um, duct taped to a wall. Anything it took to kind of motivate and engage our students into getting into that mindset of reading, you know, I was willing to do. My second year, we went from doing it every month my first year to the second year, I just did it semesterly. Okay. And now this year, I have one end goal. And this year, my school, um, we only have 250 students. Okay. And now this year, we're going to read over 50 million, 50 million words. Wow. And so, 
it's become a, ingrained in our culture and reading has become such an exciting part. We actually had a third grader this year for the first time ever who's read a million words by right before Christmas. Wow. So like you can tell like it's really kind of setting in as being coming part of our culture. It's trickling down. It's trickling down. It's trickling down. You I got love, it. I, I love that. You know, one of my first roles, I started off in student affairs and when I, I left um, student affairs and started consulting, my, my first role was actually as an emotional coach for teachers and really learning or going into um, a charter school and, and working with the teachers to um, talk to them about some of the, the baggage that they may be bringing in from home, eliminate some of those blind spots they might be having in the classroom. I remember one student or one teacher wasn't aware that they were a leader for their students because they didn't have that actual title as a leader. Um, so I, I love the way that you're able to um, start that trickle down from the wow. beginning of this process and it's carrying over now. And going further um, into that, you know, we talked to you, you, you mentioned that you guys have a podcast from Moore County and it's to highlight all of the, the STEM initiatives that you guys have. I just mentioned that my first work was with a charter school. And a lot of times, um, at least in my experience, charter schools have a little more freedom and flexibility in what they're able to provide for their students. But it sounds like that that's, that's the truth for public schools. Absolutely. Can you talk to me about some of your initiatives and the podcast that you guys have in Moore County? Uh, when you look at public schools, like people aren't expecting us to have robotics and they're not expecting us to be doing creative things and having kids competing in competitions like First Lego Week. Um, even in elementary school, like we have programs set up where my kids are working with technology. We're one-to-one -one, um, Chromebooks in 3.5 and we're one-to-two in iPads in K2. Hmm. Our students are working with B-Bots in kindergarten. We have kids working with OzBots in second and third grade. Um, we have Dash robots, EV3 robots. We are trying to engage that whole concept of critical thinking, collaboration, and working with kids on problem solving. We, we're trying to give them real world examples, trying to have them work through it, and developing what we call the engineering process, and really having them work through something, design something, review it, evaluate it, rebuild so it's better, and then giving them the opportunity to present it and talk to others about what their solutions are. And a lot of people, parents don't know that they always expect when they come back to school, because not everybody had a great educational experience. Sure. So they expect when they come back to school, kids are sitting in rows, they're doing worksheets, um, there's always like a spelling test or they're getting information kind of fed to them, they're taking notes and then kind of regurgitating it on a test. That's not what public education is anymore. And I, the whole goal behind the podcast is I want parents to know that we're doing some really exciting and fun things in our district. Yeah. And so when I created it, my initial goal for creating it was to kind of let parents and the community know like, hey, this is what Moore County has to offer. That continues to evolve. Like I'm really trying to go and get the message out there to other educators. Like here's mm. some of the things that we're doing in our small district. And these are some of the great things that we're offering you could be doing the same stuff in your classrooms and at your schools. And so it's very easy to do. And you don't have to have a bunch of, everybody always thinks when you think of STEM, like of all the technology I just mentioned, but gosh, STEM is about building. Like we have um, different blocks that kids can go and build and we give them different objectives and they have to find a solution how to go and solve it. So um, for this past Easter, we did a project with peeps and popsicle sticks and we had, we had the kids build towers and so they had to take their knowledge of developing a base and how to go and make it stable so it didn't fall over. 
Yeah. Um, it was really interesting to watch them as they worked through different techniques. So we gave them time to plan and think and develop different parts, but then we, they had time to actually go and build their towers and some fell over. Some, you know, some weren't able to withstand the tests that we had to put on them. And then, but it was neat to see the kids as they created and they worked together and they actually talked through the different ideas that they had mm. and it wasn't combative. It wasn't, um, there was no putting each other down. It was like, Oh gosh, Oh, see how you built that. Yeah. I love that. And then they would, they would modify and adapt. And there was just a lot of rich conversation being had as they went and developed these tools. So the whole idea behind the podcast is I want everybody to know about these great things that we're doing. Right. Um, not just in my school, but across the district. And so I'm bringing in STEM teachers, from other schools, um, talking to the director of technology. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have the uh, teacher of the year for our state. She's coming to talk on the podcast and talk to us about her initiatives of um, implementing STEM more across uh, public schools across the state. So it's been good. I'm excited about it and I'm hoping it continues from here. Yeah. Well, and, and you've got, I mean, but I just heard in that too, you know, my focus is uh, more on that behavior side and, and the SEL side. So even in that, critical thinking in that problem solving, you're, you're working through problems. First, it's it's authentic, right? You're, you're actually creating something that you can use in this real Absolutely. world. And, and that's what's driving that felt need for a student to want to do the work, to stay motivated and engaged. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And you don't have to be the highest achieving student to be in STEM or robotics or anything like that. Like this is for all children. This is, and, it, it, and it's engaging and kids who, don't enjoy traditional schooling seem to excel in these type of classes and these type of programs because it's hands-on. It's all working through things and creating and building. And and a lot of kids love to do this. And again, it helps them learn to interact with each other, which is that skills that they're going to need to be successful in the future because they got to learn to work with each other. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter whether you're the highest achieving kid in class or not they all are able to work together and they work as a team and they're accomplishing different goals. And I mean, I just love to see what I love watching them work together and watching what young minds can create and build because sometimes we underestimate the, the, the knowledge that they have and the abilities that, the, that little kids have. For sure. For sure. There was uh, one, I believe episode maybe 84 was with Angel Malone, who was the career technology director in South Carolina. And so even the exploration that you're doing right now, that can, that's career exploration, right? You're, you're doing engineering work, you're building, you're creating. And one of the parts of that conversation was, you know, where career and tech used to be for the other student. Now we're trying to get to a place where career and technology education is taught in elementary schools. Uh, have you guys got it down to the elementary level? And so that's where, so I am an elementary school principal. And so that's my focus and Ooh. I am preparing children. So when they go on to middle school, they already have these skills developed. So when they get there, they're already knowing, Hey, you know, like I want to explore more technology or, Hey, I want to really get into an arts program. Um, I want them to know that everything that's, that's available to them. So when they get to middle school, they're ready for that interactive and that self-paced and that individualized education, that experience that they're going to get when they go to middle school. Yeah. Um, That's been a huge challenge in my mind of, I don't want my children leaving elementary school and going to a middle school and not being prepared for the Mm. rigor and the type of challenges they're going to face when they get to middle school. So I want to have them prepared here. 
Yeah, I, I love I love what you're doing so much. I have a quote I wanted to pull up. There's an article on Ed Week, Education Week, and the article is called, called Education Has an Innovation Problem. And it's a really good problem. Um, I've got it posted on my, not a problem, a good article. I've got it posted online. But it says, uh, the final quote in this article says, honestly, the biggest challenge in K-12 is not finding the next new innovation. It's about doing the fundamentals more effectively, including identifying the innovations that already work and spreading them. You know, so STEM isn't necessarily new. It's, it's blowing up in this bubble in, in career and technology, hands-on working. All this stuff is not new, but you're, you're making the stuff that you've already got much more efficient. And, and I can appreciate that um, very much. And that's the thing, you know, teachers are challenged today of covering all these different standards and trying to make sure they get through all this different curriculum throughout a year. But the best part about STEM and project-based learning and the engineering process is it, it, it encompasses so many standards that it might be one project, but you're tying in five or six different standards across multiple curriculums. Um, and so, and you know, there, there's the presentation pieces tying in the ELA piece. There's the research piece, there's the science piece, there's the mathematics that go into it. You're tying all that into one simple project. And so I, I think we're giving kids a more well-rounded and more engaging educational experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. I know that there's, in South Carolina, there is the profile of the South Carolina graduate. And it mentions a lot of those skills that you've just discussed, uh, problem solving, um, critical thinking, decision making, stuff like that. There's like a list of characteristics that a student that graduates from a South Carolina school should have when they go into the workforce. Is there a model that the state of North Carolina has or is using to, um, to say, hey, this is, this is the students that we need coming out of high school? Um, you know, and unfortunately, I'm not a high school principal, but, you know, working with our high schools and hearing what they're saying, they're telling me that they need kids when our kids go on to middle school and our middle schools are going on to high school, that they want them to be prepared with those critical thinking skills. They want them to be able to build and create and develop new ideas and new solutions to problems. They right. want them to be able to communicate clearly and be able to have deep discussions and be able to collaborate and work together with each other. So I know as a district, we're focused on the four C's of education. And so we want them to be well-rounded students who are able to exist and be able to be successful. And no matter what culture, no matter what area, no matter what business they go into, they're going to have the skills that they need to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I see for yourself, you, you started off talking about how much you love education and the trickle-down effect, but um, I, I see you also have a background in some business, right? All of your, all of your uh, professional background is not edu in education. How does that background support where you're going right now, and why did you make that transition from industry to education? <laughs> That's an interesting story. So, um I got a degree in elementary education, but I also got a minor into computer science. And when I got out of school, I, I, I wasn't ready to go straight into education. Um, I, I got a job as a long-term substitute for eighth grade, and it, the age group was just too close for me, and I, was, I wasn't ready for that. And, and honestly, I mean, as a young kid, I was, I was kind of driven by money, and I got an opportunity to work for a really well-known company, and I was part of a team developing high-speed fiber optic networks. Wow. And it was just a great experience. Um, I got to travel around the world. I've, I've lived in 
many different states with that and within the United States. I got to live, uh, spend a lot of time in China, um, Zhuhai, China, which is a small province in uh, southern China. It was a great experience for me because what I didn't know is children live where the parents work. Mm. So the hotel I was staying in mainland China, all the children would be in the lobby at night. So at night I would go down and uh, I had the experience where I would go in, I would start reading to children and they would just be bringing me books and asking me to read because they love to hear me speak English. And then they were teaching me a few words in Chinese and, and I I won't lie to you. I did not retain any of it, but (laughs) it was just such a great experience and watching their faces glow as I would just, and they would wait for me down there and they would wait. And like when that elevator opened, like they would all be there waiting to talk to me and stuff. So it was just such a great experience. And I remember coming home, I came back from China in 2004 and I remember coming home and my wife and I at that time decided to separate and divorce. And I was like, I had a degree in education and my dad and I recently had bought a house down here in North Carolina because at the time I was living up in Pennsylvania and I came down here and was getting a haircut and told the woman, she's like, well, what are you doing down here? I said, I'm going to go on some interviews. I'm going to talk to somebody and try and get a teaching job. And the lady's like, well, what do you want to teach? And I was like, I want to teach third grade. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah. And she's like, give me your name and number. A few <laughs> hours later, her daughter called me. She's the principal of an elementary school in another uh, county over here. And she called and said, listen, I don't have a teaching position open, but my buddy at a nurse school does. Okay. And so she's like, do you mind if I get information? Well, and behold, he called me. And two weeks later, I was over at his school wow. working as a fifth grade uh, teacher. So I've been here ever since. Absolutely love what I do. And um, I never expected to get out of teaching. Right. I mean, I absolutely, I, I love teaching. I love being in the classroom with the kids. I love having the impact and already having been in a leadership role and, and working with teams kind of like, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I was kind of burned out a little bit. And mm. so I came down here and I was just in teaching and every principal I ever worked for always said, Hey, you need to go and get your education degree. Like teachers need you to be there to support them and they need somebody to be an advocate for them. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and always using my, I just don't have the money excuse, you know, and I, I just, I'm not ready to go back to school. And my last principal, and she was probably the toughest principal I had, but she drove me and she motivated me. And she was just a wonderful mentor in the fact that like she believed in me in areas I didn't quite believe in myself. And this program came along and uh, North Carolina had what we called the Sand Hills Leadership Academy, which is an alternative principal licensure program. Mm-hmm. And she sent me to this meeting and I went and there was like 25 people in this room and they were only taking three from our district. Wow. And so I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. So I went back and I did the interviews. I made it to the top three. Hmm. Well, then they sent me to, they brought all the different counties together. So it was like 70 or 80 people sitting in this room and they were going to take 20 of us. Okay. And so I went through that and lo and behold, I made it into the St. Hills leadership Academy and it was a phenomenal experience because they really worked with us on working with turnaround schools, yeah. working in, pushing us out of our limits. And one of the philosophies that they had was that we had to learn to become comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm. and they would just put us in these tough situations. So I knew like my passions in elementary school I love being in elementary. And of course we had to do a switch month and they switched us around and they sent me to a um, middle school. And when you know, I went to this middle school and I was terrified and (laughs) fell in love with it. It was, it was one of the, greatest experiences of my life. Um, worked with the gentleman, his name was Thomas Benson and it was at Spring Lake Middle School. It was a predominantly African American uh, middle school. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a great opportunity for me to be immersed into a completely different culture 
and working with these children, I, le- I learned so much and bonded with these kids so quickly. And I won't lie to you, at the end of that month, it was hard for me to leave. Wow. And so it gave me the perspective of like, it doesn't matter what group of kids, kids are kids. Mm-hmm. If you respect them, you treat them right and you do what's best for them, they're going to respect you and they're going to treat you right. And so, you know, I, I, any school I walk into, I, I don't worry. People can tell me whatever they want about the kids at those schools. I don't worry about it. Like if you treat them right and you do right by those kids, they're going to treat you right as well. So it was a great learning experience. And I think it's helped mold me into the principal of him today. Good, good. How, how do you think, um, how do you find your success in education? So you've been in it for a while. You know, what, what's really your driver and motivator in it? Because that's a really powerful story. And, you know, it sounds like that teacher was always in you or that, that school leader was always in you. You know, you just have to go through the process and the journey of, of becoming that person and getting to that place. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, there, there's not the instant gratification. I mean, when you're a teacher and you're working with kids and, and you get those light bulb moments where you can just see it go off and like they got it. And like mm-hmm. you get that instant gratification of like, all right, I helped them work through that. As, as a principal, you don't always have that, but you get small rewards that come intermittently. And so one of the stories I was thinking about when uh, I was preparing for the, for the interview today was this year I had a new student come to me and he was from a different school and we, we never met before. And, I would see him in the hallways, give him high fives and just kind of make him in his classroom, kind of go up behind him, ask him how he's enjoying it. And this student just kind of naturally just fell into the culture of our school. He, he fit in real well and people really liked him and we were excited to have him. But that was about the basis of our relationship. And then Christmas time came and I would just happened to be walking to the after school program to pick up my daughter from after school and his mom was walking next to me and she comes up and goes, hey, did my son give you your Christmas gift? Hmm. I'm like, no, ma'am, I haven't, I haven't really seen your son. And she's like, yeah, he made you something. He's really excited to give it to you. And I was like, all right, well, I, you know, I'm like, when I see him, you know, I'll, I'll definitely go and bring it up to him. Well, what I didn't realize is she started talking to me more about her son hated school, the school that they were at before. Like, she's like, I couldn't get him out of bed. He, he despised going to school. He wasn't doing well academically. He, he just, there was nothing about school he enjoyed. And she's like, and then we came to your school this year. And she's like, wow. and the culture you and the teachers at this school have created, she's like, it's amazing. Like, I never have, he's up before I am to come to school. Wow. He's excited about coming to school. His grades are the highest they've ever been. And I was like, wow, that's great. And at this time, we're walking up, and well, he comes running up to me with this, with this gift. And he hands it to me, and he's just, I mean, he's just beaming. And he's like, Mr. Brown, can you open it? And I'm like, sure. So I open up the gift, and I'm holding it. And it's a little plaque that he painted and it's blue. And then in red letters, it says greatest principal ever. Wow. And what's great about it is I actually have it hanging in my office here and it's, it's in between my diplomas and it's, it's, it's highlighted right on my wall. But it was such a great gift to know like the work that we're doing and the impact that we're having on children has been this powerful that he felt like as a brand new student who barely knew me, but he felt that he needed to come and give me that gift. Like that was like, that was like that solidifying moment. I was like, yes, we are doing what we need to. We're reaching the children that we need to reach. And it just, it just, I mean, honestly, it just warmed my heart and it kind of just reaffirmed all the work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really special. That's really a special moment. I, I can, you know, and you mentioned at the start of that story that it's not always instant. It's not always, it wasn't as soon as you met the student and you weren't even 
aware that that was going to happen. But that's the kind that's the impact that you get to have as an educator. Somebody might not realize that value until they're 25 years old. They might not even remember you or your name at, at that point. But you that doesn't that's not the part that matters. You know, it's not about my name, my face, or what I've done. Absolutely. It's something that happens inside of these walls. This school can change the direction of your life. I did my job. Absolutely. And, you know, like, as a high school, I was a high school uh, assistant principal, and that's the difference for me between high school and, and working in elementary. Elementary, like, you, you still have those moments you're working with kids, and they're more frequent when you, you have stories like this to share. But in high school, you don't. But it was amazing. After I left the high school, um, I was over at one of the resorts over here for a, a conference. And out of nowhere, this kid comes just run up to me and just, I mean, we're talking about a 20-some-year-old kid, comes up and gives me this big hug. And I was like, I'm looking at him like I recognize him. And he's like, Mr. Breyer, I just want to say thank you. And I was like, for what? And he's like, he's like, man, you were the only person in that school that believed me all those years. And he's like, he's like, I still remember you coming in and the pep talks you would give me and the fact that you would grab me in the morning and say these different things to me to kind of make sure I got through the day and I didn't get suspended. He's like, I just want to say thank you for believing in me. I was like, that's fantastic. So what are you doing now? He's like, I got a job here as a chef. He's like, I actually on my way to work to go start in the kitchen. He's like, I just saw you walking in and I just want to come up and say hi. I was like, wow. You, you don't realize the impact that you have on these kids until later. Like you were saying, like these kids as they get older and then they start messaging you on Facebook and saying thank you and sending you just little things like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you today and just want to say thanks because I was working on this and I remember you teaching me this in class and I just want to say, hey, I actually got to use it today and I appreciate you making sure that I knew how to do it. it it's just those small things that, that drive you and just knowing that you're having a positive impact on the future of this country and the children that are going to go out and be the what makes us such a, a great place to be. Yeah, that's fun. That's that's just fun to to recollect and think about. Any any time that that kind of happens, it, it can do more than make your day. You know, just as as an educator, principal, whatever your position, it it makes your week or your month or sometimes your year. Just having one or two students like that, um, so that's great. Absolutely, yes. Well, now, our last piece that I want to get into, you did talk about um, go, helping principals or assistant principals prepare for principalship. You know, how, what made you decide of all the other hats that you're wearing, as we all wear multiple hats in education, you're a principal, you're running the county podcast, and you're supporting assistant principals to get their promotion. Why is that part important to you? So that's something new that I was looking to get into this year. Um, that's... And I think that comes from being a part of that St. Hills Leadership Academy and watching the model. And I mean, through that program, I had five or six mentors who, who really worked with me and who really kind of helped prepare me. And as a principal, like I went through six or seven different schools I interviewed for and I kept getting shot down, getting kind of shot down. Everybody kept on saying to me the same thing, like, Rob, you have to understand, like, you know, you, you got to be the right fit for the school. And, you know, I'd hear the mm. feedback I always got was I did a great job on the interview. It just um, somebody else seemed to be a better fit and, and coming to understand what that meant and, and understanding that you had to find the right fit for you. And, and I have, I mean, this school that I am in now, I, I got teachers who go above and beyond on a daily basis. I got a community who fully supports and is actually engaged in the work that we're doing here at school and is fully supportive of us. So it was finding that right place and it's working with them and working with young principals to understand like, Hey, here's some of the stuff that you want to talk about. One of the things I did on my last interview was I brought a binder 
full of the work that I've been doing. So not only was I talking about it, I was able to show them in this book and highlight some of the great stuff that we were doing and some of the stuff that we were implementing in our schools so that when they were looking at it, not only were they hearing me talk about it, but they could see the actual work that we were doing. Um, I had some notes that I was highlighting from parents and from staff members just kind of showing like here's some of the feedback I got on some of the work that I was doing trying to be more visual. Um, yeah. So for me, what I was th- hoping to do is kind of work with them and coach them through and make them help them understand that every time you talk about the work you're doing, make sure that you know the culture of the school you're looking to go into, make sure you know what the needs of that school are and every conversation you have about that school to make sure that you are showing them how you are the perfect fit for that school and how that you are going to go and have a positive impact on that school because of the person that you are. And so for me, I just think I want to give back. And that's ideally where um, when I am done in public education, that's the work I'm looking to hopefully do and hopefully work. Um, I got a couple of assistant principals that have reached out to me in the past and been working with them and kind of talking them through things. And, yeah, you know, if they don't land a job, kind of kind of reassuring them that the work they're doing, they got to keep going strong and understand that the job's out there for you. You got what it takes. We just got to find you the right place. Right. That, and that's really valuable work, you know, and um, I, I, they talk about how you're, you're not truly an expert or a master until you're able to help somebody else. Um, go on that same path. It's success versus significance. So I, I absolutely love that there, and hope to hope to hope to hear more about it in the near future. Is what it sounds like. Well, Robert, is there any um, is there anything that you want to leave with the audience as we're listening here um, before we before we depart? Absolutely. Um, for future educators, uh, for future school leaders out there, take time to really support and value your teachers. Make sure they know that you have their back. Make sure that you that they know that they are the most important person in that school because they are what lies between you and the success of your students. And if you want to see your students succeed, it's up to those people that are in there in the trenches every day working with those kids and doing the best that they can. The better you make their lives, the better they're going to do for your children. So make sure that you're going and giving them everything you got every single day. Um, Trey, I just want to say thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. Um, I love the work you're doing on your podcast. Like I told you, I was, I, I've been listening and become a fan. Um, and I appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me an opportunity to talk to you, with you today. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're you're in school as we speak, and um, your trickle down effect is rubbing up on me. I, I rubbing off on me. I've got um, some newfound energy, or, or my energy has come up since we started having this conversation as well. So, and, and tell me, how can we find your podcast? Um, if you go out there on iTunes um, or um, Anchor, and it's called Bring More Steam. So it's Bring and then More, M-O-O-R-E, and Steam. All right. And it's all about STEM education. Is there any place that we can go to find you if we want to know more? Absolutely. You can go to my website. Um, it's www.beyondthedeskleadership.com, or you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is rbriar five one. And Briar spelled just like the ice cream. So it makes it nice and easy to find me. <laughs> um, and then I'm also <laughs> I'm also um, looking to begin an Instagram page, which is going to be um, Beyond the Desk Leadership as well. So you can find me there. All right, all right, all right. I love it. You've got some, some great irons in the skillet. I, I think that might be a saying. Um, you've got some good things going on, and I appreciate it. <laughs> For everybody listening. Hey, well, I appreciate the work you're doing. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time and, and thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Trey Gamage and Robert Breyer. We are signing off on the Dash Podcast. Go visit TreyGamage.com to learn more about a process to helping you to keep your students in class. We'll see you next time. You know, episodes come out weekly, so we will talk to you soon. This is the Dash.